When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm worried I'm going to be a part of a uh, murder-suicide while I'm over here. Uh, it's not good. I mean, f- I mean, once it's figured out, it's figured out, and it's good to go, and we can do all kinds of shit, but f- damn, am I sick of messing with it every day and then f-ing getting it to work and then having it not work at the last second. It's just f- And then my f-ing car. Mm-hmm. Worst f-ing time. For shit like that to happen. And I gotta go pick up pick up another fucking car today. Drive my ass all the way to North Oklahoma City. Start are you gonna take that one up there? Yeah, I mean I Are they gonna like are, are they fixing do. it though? No, I they they don't fix cars. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm just I've called his insurance this morning and they're just supposed to get back to me and she's like, Well, it's a good thing it's still drivable. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> Are you a fucking car expert that hasn't seen a car that's got the hood caved in to tell me that it's okay to drive? Because I'm have to drive this after it's fucking fixed, lady. Damn it. Okay, we're 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 ruining really good stuff here. This sh- oh, it's all being recorded. Be I mean, I'm recording it every bit oh, like I always good, do. Good, good. <laughs> I'm really sorry that it's going this way for you, but shit, it's funny. Oh god. I mean, like, I am on the verge of just melting down. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yesterday sounds like it was just a horse shit day. Every day's a horse shit day. <laughs> for, for it to end like for it to end like it did though is just. They've been begging me to go pick up the keys to the fucking shop for the office for like a week now. Oh. I'm just. Ugh. And they just Jerry, installed I think a this new is a garage door thing. yesterday, and. Like, the the contractor is begging, like, I have this check that I have to take, because when you get a check from the mortgage company, it's like $10,000, you have to take it to your bank, they put their name on it too, so I have to go down there and get them to sign it, and then I have to drive it to Duncan, <laughs> because they won't take a check that big through a, a credit union service center, oh which God. is my own f***ing fault for not for having a f***ing bank in Duncan. I haven't even po- deposited my paycheck this month yet. You need to take a uh, me day. I have like $2 in my account, probably. I haven't even checked. You got to stop. I don't want to laugh because you're having a shit time. Jesus. <laughs> it's God. not funny. Dude, it's bad, And on top of that, friends' moms are dying. I mean, just damn this. Am I in hell? Like, God. <laughs> yeah, you are welcome. Like, I have this theory this that... I have this theory that I actually die. Like, when you die, you don't remember that you died. You just end up this in this it? existence <laughs> where shit goes wrong constantly, and God is just up there laughing like, yep, you're in hell. Like, there's not a devil, and there's no fire. You just live this existence where everything goes wrong all the time. Covering OU football. <laughs> and f*** you for laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm, yeah, you're, you're a medium laughing. member. Assemble! 
It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back and it is OU Texas week. Right here on the unofficial 40 podcast, the entire gang is here for a supersized episode of the podcast in uh, OU Texas coming up this weekend I do have some sad news to report the uh, Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast is the last time that you'll ever hear um, the IS 350 roaring down the street for a while went out with a bang though didn't it people a, a I was surprised trip? at how much people enjoyed the uh, the drag I, I got multiple people that uh, enjoyed it that commented on it uh, that voice that you're hearing is Wave Runner Jimmy, who is uh, Thank you. the newest uh, star of stage and screen. I I am a. Uh, Are they paying I'm you in screen. seltzer or? It's just out of the generosity of my heart, grab some clubbies on the way down to Dallas. You know that's payola. Uh, we're we're not getting any money from them. Well, neither am I. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're just no, like, hey, just, you want to be on t- on t- on TV? And you're like, I know, I know. That the, like, is that like a friends of yours? Yeah, I know, I know the guys that started it, okay. and then the uh, the people that work for the ad agency. I know the one of the girls. Is that works everyone for it. on that set like work for Clubby? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't think any of them did. You don't get like, like those a, are like, and you don't get like a piece. Those of the are action. those are like, like real actors. You don't get a percentage point. I don't think so. I hope so. Maybe someday in the future. Like I don't a know royalty or something. Uh, probably, possibly, probably not. They're listeners of the pod, though, for sure. Well, good. Well, good luck to you, club. Bunch of o, bunch of OU guys. Good luck to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to sponsor the pod, we are whores. Yeah, so. absolutely. I've told them before. Uh, well, I'm glad they took you up on the offer. Um, Actually, so- I don't think I've told them. That. I just said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in to uh, Josh and Bob, who are here as well. It's been a uh, quite a week. I mean, coming back, man, the Manhattan trip, even though. Uh, we went and came back within 48 hours. It felt like we were there for about four days for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a very quick trip, but felt like it took five days. You're right. Uh, and, it, and it was a very, yet another uh, odd game. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think you take out of it that, yeah, the offense looked pretty good. Yeah. Do we want to be negative about it or do we want to be positive? Because if you want to be positive, I feel like there's a lot to. There was a lot of good that did happen. It felt like that was kind of the Oklahoma offense that, uh, you know, not necessarily maybe we were expecting from a uh, a big play standpoint, but it was the first time all season that when they got the ball, it felt like, okay, they, they might have a, a chance to go score, not like a we should celebrate after first downs are achieved. Bob, yeah. Josh, the, the, feel free no, to no, jump no. on in and with your Kansas State <laughs> thoughts because Lord knows we've given enough of them. Uh, I mean, it, it was, Eddie. That that was um, the first time that I thought you saw Spencer Rattler get into a rhythm. The offense as a whole had some rhythm to it. I mean, and it's really even more impressive when you consider what they were coming from. Like Lincoln Riley talked about, you know, in the post game of the West Virginia you know, you got to give them some credit dealing with all they were dealing with with the fans and everything, and then to go on that drive. Well, then to immediately bounce back, deal with three first-half possessions, score on all of them, and really look efficient. I mean, it wasn't just, oh, they're scoring. They were 
they were picking up yardage at a good clip. It wasn't like, oh, one big play and that solves the problem. It was good, steady drives, which is what we've talked about Oklahoma needing really the first you know half of this season so far. Bob, uh, I mean, you you uh, were on the Zooms post game. You wrote about the the, the game, and uh, I know you know we left you behind um, this week. But uh, Eddie and I had old style road trip. But uh, yeah, I I I think what I think everybody took from it was boy, Alex Grinch was really pissed off after this game. Is Bob with us? Did we Robert. Lose Bob? Oh no. Maybe that's why it's Did been so quiet. Bob mute himself on his microphone because he's still plugged in. See, I told you, hell. We are living in hell right now. It's hell. Apparently, Bob is talking. He says, can you not hear me? Yeah, we cannot hear him. We cannot hear we Bob. Cannot hear we cannot you, hear you, Bob. Bob, you may have muted your own mic. Um, double check and see if that little light Pearl is, is sabotaging the pod. It looks like a mic. Oh you're, oh. oh, you're talking about the actual mic. Actually, you know what, Bob? That's my fault. That's on me. Um, okay. There he I is. Completely. There. I got cut off four different times. I thought you guys just hated me. I was, I was, I was, no. Mr. Rattler was on the move, and I was like, Benito had the big turn. I was like, no one cares what I'm saying. I oh, just walked away. God, I wish I had a feed that was just you that I, you know, that we could, that we could. Uh, <coughs> I'm dying. That would have been great. That's funny. No, that would have been totally... amazing. Like Bob just like Fuck it. He just like starts putting his headphones down. He He's leaving. Didn't... Like I'm done with all of you. You just weren't queued up over here. Like first you don't let me go on the road, and now you're doing this to me. <laughs> I know you're just trying to get rid of me. I'm done with this, man. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I'm sorry. The, the the I'll start back up. The I think the biggest takeaway after the game, Bob, was that Alex Grinch was one pissed off dude. Yeah, I mean, you saw the offense get back on track, and it's almost like you took for granted that, well, yeah, the defense, they're where they need to be, and you never have to worry about them ever again, and that's clearly not the case. And that the practice line is just so alarming, right? I mean, yeah. six games into the season. We like to practice well, around here. Some of our players don't. I mean, who, who do you think that was really directed toward? I, I, I still really don't know. Like, is it about the... You know, the older guys that are just assume that they're going to be the ones that get the majority of the reps or I mean, it is a really the way that he said it is like that that stung for at least a couple of players for sure. Yeah, I mean, who could he mean? It has to be guys like Key Lawrence to me. Uh, I mean, guys that you think should be making an impact that does, and maybe he's upset about Justin Harrington in the transfer portal a little bit. Yes. Um, I, it was weird that Corey Roberson didn't play at all that game. Like, maybe he got dinged up, so maybe it wasn't that weird. But, yeah, I mean, and I just don't know. I what, think he's got to be frustrated mean? with his linebackers because he's only there's only four guys that he's playing, and those four guys are just so, so like, who was it? Somebody's writing a Brian Osamoa story this week. Somebody from Bailey. one of the paper was it Bailey, Bailey Eric is. Bailey? Uh, did not care. Yeah, he's like, what did he say? He said, well, I only go a week at a time right now or something like Basically saying yes. he's, and he, he's stunk. He's, he wasn't good enough this week for me to talk about Week him, by basically. week evaluation, I believe, yeah. is the uh, phrase that Alex Grinch used. Which, I, I mean, Josh, you're breaking it all down. Is the, I mean, how bad is the linebacker play in your eyes? 
You know, for fear of Teddy it, Lehman ripping you a new one since Gabe Iker. <laughs> and you were I, you know, I, I think say I just developed nothing but fans. Um, no, I, I, it is what we thought safety was going to be. Safeties are not playing terribly. Uh, Turner Yell before his injury, he was playing decent football. Pat Fields has put Pat several Fields good games. Pat Fields and Turner yep. Yell are leading the team in tackles. Guys, Justin Broyles made my hot 11 this week. Like, Justin Broyles played decently How loud. I'm not you, saying he sir. was perfect. How I, dare he, you? He wasn't perfect, but, I, you know, I mean, they're, they're, what was I going to do? Like, the offensive line was okay. wasn't great. There was nobody you could take there. So, I mean, there's just there's going to be some guys that, you know, probably in a when the team is rolling like it sh- like we expected it to be, maybe don't make the list. But he did. It, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, but linebacker is just. I mean, you talk about any of it—the crossing routes, the the deep middle, like even just you know, even when it's not confusing with all the crossers. But I mean, watching Texas, and you know, I've gotten under the hood coming. You know, it probably should come up about the same time the pod actually runs, but. I, I, Texas is going to throw motion after motion. They they are going to move around a ton, and they do it anyway. It's not something they're throwing in to you know to kind of seize on Oklahoma's dressing. problems. Yeah, this is this is something they do a lot. So uh, you, you're going to see a ton of it, and it'll be interesting to see how guys cope with it. Uh, also, you know, I, I guess we could, we could get into the conversation of if Oklahoma's going to have an extra linebacker this week. Well, and the the, the thing that. Grinch seemed to be so uh, pissed off about more than anything was just Deuce Vaughn. I mean, he specifically said, I know it looks like on national TV that we had no plan to account for Deuce Vaughn, but I can assure you that's, that was not the case. That is a laugh-out-loud funny moment in a press conference. Like, I was listening to the Zoom, and which is beyond me while we're still doing Zoom, but it was a laugh-out-loud. Like, I, I audibly laughed at that moment. He was pissed. Yeah. That's the mass I've ever seen him after the game. I told you about the guy that was like, I don't know if it was his brother or who that was like talking to yeah. him coming up yeah. back up the ramp. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you could just tell he's like, I'm not listening to anything this guy's saying. Yeah. I'm so pissed off right yeah. now. Which, look, the, with the way Kansas State felt like they could go for it at any moment's notice, like they just weren't scared. No. And it'll be cur- I'll be curious to see what Texas does. Uh, but all of a sudden, you now look at this defense like they can't get guys off the field. You couldn't get off the field against Kansas State. Now you're getting ready to play the best running back in the country, possibly. They haven't been able to get off the field in a lot of these games. That's, you know, when Lincoln says, oh, it's been weird, weird with the possessions, part of that has been the it's long your fault, drives yeah. for the opponents. Nebraska not, not had like OU. 14. Uh, West Virginia had 17. Yep. I can't remember what Kansas State's had a first 19 drive play, was. Well, not the first drive, but they had a 19-play drive. Almost that went, I think it was 19-8-49 off the clock. Uh, Kansas State did. You know it gets bad when Second a team quarter. gets like a 10-yard penalty and they still end up picking up the first down. That's when you know shit's gone wrong. That was, that was like the biggest concerning moment for me out of last week's uh, performance in Manhattan. Was they weren't, it wasn't like they were converting fourth and threes. It was third and 14, fourth and 16. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know how that happens. That was 2018 Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Is what Absolutely. that felt like, where they just kept converting those unbelievable third downs. I will say, though, it's like that's the first time that the tackling issue has become a problem. And I say issue. That was the first time it had become an issue 
this season uh, last week. And, you know, I, I wouldn't expect it to carry over to the Cotton Bowl. Like, I don't know how you don't make tackles down there. It's kind of like the 2018 thing with Tech, with OU. It's like, where did that come from? How do you go into a game flat? flat. Yeah. Like, it just, it, it shouldn't happen. It's, the thing is, it's to the point now where you're like, and with Delarian Turner Yell, it's just kind of a given. He's been one of the best players on defense. Like, you need him back. You need Jalen Redmond back. You need Danny Stutzman back. I mean, I think they'll get two of the three this week. We'll I see. Sounds like Stutzman. I think, I think DTY and Stutzman are both guys that I, you can probably rule out uh, Woody and Jalen Redmond, right? Yes. Or at least I feel like you can. Yeah. And I mean, we'll have to see, though. I mean, what what starters have already quit the team this week as well? Forget about that. Well, did did Isaiah Coe ever come back in the game? He didn't, but I will say that he was running up and down the sidelines gingerly, okay. albeit. But it was he, it wasn't like it. like the way that they they brought him off the field. Uh, Dylan Buckingham looked at me. He's like, "That's Achilles, isn't it?" And I was like, "I I don't know it." It didn't look good, but he was running up and down the sidelines. I don't think if he had, you know, just a terrible season-ending injury, he would have been able to do that. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you by know, the way, I'm I'm joking about starters quitting. I know, just um, just for everybody out there. Well, and that's the thing. It's like people hear like, oh, there was a player-only meeting. They have those every week. Yeah, literally have those every week. And I, I'm, I'm like a lot of the people on the board. I would be upset or like worried if the reaction was the opposite. Nobody gave a damn. I will say, yeah, I will say maybe there was some... I, I gave a rundown to uh, Isaiah this week about the show. Uh, and I mentioned uh, Grumpy Grinch. He's like, yeah, maybe we should stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of sensitivity there towards... The things that Grinch said, I think, and the way the players are handling it. But, like, Isaiah is a very mature guy, and he's, you know this, Josh, I mean, he he didn't come from the jinx in the union school. Like, he came from real coaching. Like, he came from people that weren't afraid to tell him, you suck today. Not scared to be motherfucked. Yeah. Uh, now, we've got a few listeners <laughs> in that jinx area. There, there's a few guys, and they're not afraid to mother f somebody. No, if that's no, what's no, no, no. I'm not. So, I'm not, but I know what I'm I know. Saying, what you he's mean. not from the football factory. No, nope. uh, where you know he, he, and I don't. You, you. I don't think his coaches are there anymore, right? At, at Tulsa Memorial. No, no. And no. honestly, I, I think um, with Isaiah, I, I think maybe that's some of why he is so good because Isaiah was never the can't miss guy. Yeah. Like, that really, his senior year, it kind of all came together, and he became an Army All-American. I think it was still the Army All-American at that point. Um, and he had done all that, but there wasn't this, like, oh, this guy's a Rivals 100 four-star guy. Like, that that wasn't who he was. It was He was a four-star, but it was like, wow, they're, they're, you know, so there's somebody like that at Tulsa Memorial. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. And trust me, he lives, his entire mantra is basically... I'm going to show everybody that thought I couldn't do this. Like he, he, he lives life through that lens. Like, not like, look at me. I'm really good. It's more like I'm, I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. 
I'm just glad I don't have to be on this list. I'm, I'm quite. I feel like a lot of these guys end up being like, "Screw you, Josh. You're one of them." I'm like, "No, no. Mm-mm. I was a buyer early." <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you come out of that. Now you go into Texas, and like you said, Eddie, you brought it up. Uh, Bijan Robinson. Maybe you weren't worried about him a year ago. This year, he's a totally different concern. I, I, guess I tweeted it Saturday morning, and this is like halfway to. Uh, you know, I think Bijan had already had like a hundred on the ground by the time we got up to Manhattan. But it's like how Tom Herman only gave him the ball seven times last year at the Cotton Bowl is beyond me. Like, and he is what, by what far, were they doing? If you look at Big Twelve uh, stats and stuff, he's quite a ways ahead of everybody else in like total offense. Yeah, the, the one like thing he that, has, he's scored more than Gabe Burkich has this year. The one thing that scares me, uh, and if I'm OU, is the fact that like, if there's anybody that has figured out a way to use him, it's Steve Sarkeesian, and it's not just turning around and giving him the ball. It's like they are going to find different ways to get him the ball. And I, you know, if I'm, if I'm Texas, I'm attacking the OU linebackers yep. until they literally stop yeah. it. And, Bob, I thought it was interesting this week. Alex Grinch kind of elevated Bijan Robinson. He put him in the class with you know some of the best that you've seen in college football. Yeah, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, like those type of game-changing backs, and I, I, I think he's right. I, I think Bijan might be the best running back in the entire country as only a sophomore, and he's not just a running back. He can hurt you coming out of the backfield, and that's where I think things can get very dicey. I can definitely see a 250 yard total offense outing from Bijan coming Saturday. We had uh, Brian Davis on this morning uh, from the Austin American Statesman mm-hmm. and he said that he is as close and this is about as high a praise as you can get by no means is I don't think he's comparing him to him but he said he's as, he's as close to Adrian Peterson from a once he gets the ball in his hands he could he could pop it every time mm-hmm. that he's seen since uh, since he covered AD back in 04. Because yeah. the first person never brings him down. He's always going to break at least one or two tackles. And if you don't have people straining to the ball, as, Gr- as Grinch would love to say, that first guy doesn't get him, he could, he could just take off. What is he about, like 5'10"? Yeah, he's 5'10", 5'11". I, I, I mean, I've been in his presence. Like, I covered him at a camp a long ago. Um, Josh was there. I, I was there. I was friggin' there. It's kind of like the Josh Jacobs thing. If they just would have recruited him. Oh, son of a bitch. Come on, Eddie. No. Really? Th- this one's actually on. valid. But believe me, there was some, hey, 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 maybe maybe, maybe this guy's worth a look. Um, yeah, I kind of remember when he was coming out, like, you know, just Arizona, right? Yeah, he was at a, he's out of Tucson. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sal Point is the name of the school. It was kind of um, like that, okay, he's from Arizona. Like, is the film really kind of comparable for him to be as good as we think he is? Kind of like what DeMarco went through. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a really valid comparison when you think about it. Um, a lot of, because, I mean, now everybody accepts, like, Gorman guys can play. Gorman guys can right. play with anybody because they play a ridiculous schedule. I think people are just still getting there on Arizona guys. Like, yeah, oh, no, they're pretty – like Christian Kirk, Mark Andrews. I mean, they, they've put some good guys into the NFL in recent years. So, I, I, I think that's going away, but you're right. I mean, there was definitely a lot of people when I would 
Because I remember when when he, Texas got him, there was a lot of people on our board like, oh, he, you know, he's no, they took no, the wrong no. guy. He, he, yeah, he's real stinking good. Make make no mistake, he's a monster. Um, now he's he's been even better than I thought he would be, but there was no question for me he was going to be a really good player. What what is Casey Thompson as a quarterback right now, Josh? Um, uh, it's really funny. I literally just got to kind of writing down my offensive thoughts, so kind of perfect timing. Um, you know, when I watch him, I what's interesting to me is how little they use his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I guess that changes. Um, because kind of like the West Virginia game, I don't, I don't know what Texas is going to do with Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas. Like the, Christian Jones is, I mean, TCU ate him alive and thinking of Benito lined up against him or Isaiah Thomas or even Reggie Grimes, those guys going head to like, I, Texas is going to have to figure out something, whether it's just going to play a tight end over him all the time. Um, and they do, they play a lot of double tight. So like that, that's not a reach or anything that, that makes some sense. Uh, or, you know, doing some zone read stuff where they, they kind of force Isaiah to, you know, read it a little bit rather than just getting to come downhill, whatever it's going to be, there's got to be something there. Um, but Casey's Casey's played pretty well. TCU was a little rough. He, um, he probably should have had at least two, maybe three picks. I don't think he, I think he missed some zone coverages that were underneath that TC was running on him, um, and I like I said it wasn't great, but I've seen him in other moments where he looked really good. It sounds to me like just talking to people, listening to people, the deep ball it's it's very similar to what OU's facing. They're having trouble throwing vertically. That that's really been his one real hang up, and it'll be interesting to see what OU does. Like if OU's willing to kind of play to that. And get aggressive with you know putting multiple more and more guys in the box and saying hey beat Devon Graham down the field beat Latrell McCutcheon beat Jaden Davis you'd think they'd feel better if it was if it was Woody Washington opposite of Graham but either way I think Oklahoma feels like they can fight that battle and maybe use another guy in the box to kind of slow down Bijan. You think with as much focus as people are going to put and especially Oklahoma's defense. Uh, on stopping Bijan Robinson, they try to uh, use Kendall to- or Kendall Casey's feet early in the game. I, something like that, some RPO, you know, just some stuff where he's outside the pocket and gets to make that option. You know, when he's outside, okay, I, I can tuck it and keep this for eight yards or whatever. Because I mean, Casey's a good runner. I mean, he's certainly superior to Spencer, but he's not Kyler Murray sure. either. Like, I mean, there's there's levels to it. But, I mean, if Oklahoma doesn't respect him, he's absolutely a guy that can go pick up a first down with his feet. Um, what'll be interesting is does OU go back to that spy look with Nick Benito uh, that they really didn't use much against Kansas State? And I don't know if that's because they had a good feel that it's Skylar Thompson just couldn't move. Skylar Thompson yeah. could not move. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, you couldn't see this on TV, but when he got knocked down, he had to be helped up. Like, he could not bend his knee. It was crazy. Like... They would come, the two offensive linemen would come and grab him by the arms. He would hold his leg out straight while they lifted him up. I mean, he is it might leg be one is of those shredded. It might have been one of those things, too, though, that, like, A, I think he reaggravated something when he chased down Nick Benito on the first season. He of the made game. the tackle on, on, on Nick Benito <laughs> like, on the he had, to have, he had to have done something. But I think it's, like, just tough to, anytime, you know, that you have, like, one of those huge ass braces on your leg, I just don't think he was able to, like, 
it's hard to get up from something like no, like, but with it was that like, on. You know what I mean? It was clear he was in the pocket and he was going to stay there. Like no doubt, the, the, he was not mm-hmm. able unless he had to do like a stretch play or something like that. He didn't move around yeah. at all. Yeah, which but, is worrisome but, that they weren't able to generate it, any it type is. of pressure. Well, I mean, and we that's get to that. I there's this I it I feel like I'm a homer just for even thinking it. But you mentioned Texas's offensive line. I just wonder. Okay, so has OU faced like three really good offensive lines in Nebraska, West Virginia, and Kansas State, or are they just a little bit of a letdown so far? And I mean, you look at the stats like TFLs and sacks. Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito and Perrion yeah. Winfrey are up there. Yeah. So they're making an impact, but they're not. And we all know we joked about it last week on the Isaiah Thomas show about how many you know sacks he's missed. Sure. Um, those numbers could be better. I, it's probably somewhere in between. And they're not like if if either one of those guys has a really good game this weekend, they could easily lead be leading the conference in tackles for loss and sacks. They just need a couple in either direction. Uh, but here's my question: Is this going to be the worst offensive line that they've played so far in conference? In conference, um, West Virginia adding Nebraska. West Virginia wasn't good. They just got the ball out of their hands so yeah. quickly. Yeah, right. I I don't think Texas because they only uh, had one sack and five tackles for loss, and it's just because of how how quick they ran their offense. The way West Virginia played that game, literally the only way they could have won it is going exactly the way it went. Like it had to go almost perfectly for them, yeah, and it almost did. Um, because the way they, they – it, it was going to be tough to sustain drives, throwing three, four-yard passes all day, every day. Couldn't get your run game going. Um, I, I, I would say West Virginia's was worse, but it was harder to see. Now, as far as Oklahoma's defensive line, I, they were disappointing against Kansas State. I don't think there's any way you can argue it. They, they just weren't creating the same pressure. Like we said, Skylar Thompson could hardly move, and he didn't really have to. Um, no. But it was other than that, I feel like they've, I, I feel like they've created a lot of pressure through most of the season. So I mean, may, maybe I'm wrong on that. I'd be interested to see some of the, oh, what does Bill Conley call them, the havoc plays, stuff sure. like that, just where they're creating problems. I'd be interested to see what that looks like. But, um, well, I guess, but no, I, mean, I, I feel like they've been pretty two good. Two out of five games, though. Like we're giving them a pass for West Virginia because of the the game plan. But then if you're disappointed mm-hmm. in Kansas State, you only have three other games to pick from. I mean, there's yeah. one guy to me that and has one been Western Carolina. There's one guy to me on that defensive line that hasn't been what we thought, and that's Perry on Winfrey. I don't think he has, but and somebody brought this up on the board the other day. Statistically, yeah. statistically, he's been great. Yeah, no, I think he leads the team in tackles for loss. I think he's been pretty strong. I think he's getting a lot of doubles. Um, Did we which, just have which it? Comes with playing that position at OU. We just might have had it in the in our minds, or at least I might have had it in my mind that it was going to be like you look out there and he's just killing people every play, like, every like down, the, like the Big Twelve against Iowa State sure. last year, where he's just in the sure. backfield constantly. And he's still, I guess, in a way, has probably been a lot better than I want to give him credit for. But at the same time, I think that we had this idea and. Rotations probably certainly haven't helped that when he's only out there for 30-something snaps. I mean, here's what's crazy is, you know, that line didn't really take off until Ronnie Perkins came back last year. They're a much better line than they were without Ronnie Perkins last year. Like, oh, 100%. Two to three times better. 
third on the yep. team in uh, tackles for loss, by the way. Nick Benito leads the team five and a half. Okay. Isaiah Thomas has four and a half. And then Winfrey has four. Surprisingly, Isaiah Coe has three. And then you get into, uh, you know, Jalen Redmond has two and a half in only three games. And then you got to like scroll basically down to the bottom of the list to find any linebacker, which that's the I thing, brought a point of contention on the board this week about. That's the thing I don't think people are talking about. That line has not created the same pressure since Jalen Redmond stopped playing. Sure. They haven't looked the same. And I don't know if that may be my imagination, but I, I just can't deny that they don't look like they're creating the same pressure without him. No, I, th I think you're on to something, Josh. And you know what I've noticed, too? They haven't really played Isaiah inside as much this year as in years past. It's basically yeah, either he or Reggie gonna... Grimes on the outside. But right. Isaiah I, I never was gonna be moves the to the inside. Yeah, he never moves to the inside like when Grimes comes into the game. And maybe that's reps. And, the, and I don't know, Bob, you, you asked about it this week, but that seems to be becoming a bigger and bigger issue is, is not just reps, but how many reps people are getting like that they're not getting enough almost and it's weird because this is the weekend they're going to need that rotation mm -hmm. if it's going to be 90 95 plus in the the peak hours of the sun saturday they're going to need to make sure they're fresh but last weekend it didn't make sense there's no reason to be rotating as much when it was overcast it's set like 75 degrees there's you know there's no re and you had these long drives and OU you know scoring out of halftime like there's no reason any of those guys should have been tired so you didn't have to go to that route but this weekend I I understand it I mean we think about like Oboe dragging himself up off off the the field against Texas or even Isaiah Thomas had that moment last year just dragging himself yeah. up to, to get up for one more play. If you can realistically play 25 guys in this game in that type of weather and you're on the other the opposite sideline this year, you're in the sun the entire time, I actually am in favor. I'm usually not. I, I've been more like, yes, they need to play more. But this Saturday, might, it might be tough to try to make that really happen. All right, I want to take a quick time out to uh, remind you guys, DeadSoxy.com is a big supporter of the Unofficial 40 podcast. I know last week, Eddie, uh, all my no-shows were dirty. I haven't. I need to do some laundry still. Uh, and I wore regular, uh, just like athletic, uh, white, short socks. Mm -hmm. It sucked. Yeah, I it, miss the no-shows. No, the no-shows is the way to go. And especially now that it's still hot out, I know people down at the Cotton Bowl are going to be wearing them because yeah. you're going to be walking around all around in the fair and... They're they're perfect for what you have over at deadsoxy.com. And even if you're doing the you know the stoops get up uh, slacks and uh, you know coaches polo. Oh sure. Uh, put on those boardroom socks, the uh, Maker Bayfields, or uh, any of the other three new combinations that they've got on the site. Uh, they still feel like pillows on your feet. It's fantastic. Fabric is great. They're very breathable, uh, and your shoes will fit better than they ever have before. Uh, but use that promo code BOOMER, get 20% off uh, your entire order. Just go to deadsoxy.com, use that promo code BOOMER, uh, and get 20% off. Also, uh, I know some people are upset about this, uh, but uh, we went ahead, we went to Dead Soxy, we said, hey, we got a bunch of uh, OSU fans that listen to our podcast as well. They reach out to us all the time. Uh, you got a promo code for them and said, yeah, we have uh, Oklahoma State Collection, so... Uh, use the promo code Pete and you can get 20% off of yours. But 
for most of our listeners, Edward, they're looking for the uh, the OU theme. Yeah, and I would say like the it's the the patented technology of keeping the boardroom socks up. The silicone. I know that beads. is like one of my biggest. Like it just it annoys me when I'm wearing something else, and I never do anymore because I go with the boardroom or I go with the no shows. So yeah, use Boomer. And we've talked so much about the defense, and that see that's kind of how it goes. Like if the offense doesn't play well, we spend all week talking about them. This week, uh, we spent you know talking about the defense, but. I mean, this is the first time all year that the offense has a chance to come out and put up back-to-back good performances. Uh, it obviously, this is a, a game that Spencer Rattler should have some good feelings about uh, after being benched and coming back and you know winning in four overtimes. Yeah, he still doesn't like to talk about that. Yeah, I, I know, like about who getting tried benched to guide or... him in that way yesterday, and he just rather talk about the experience of playing in the Cotton Bowl as opposed to the individual experience that he had in that second quarter. It's, I don't I won't say triggers him, but it's still not something that he really will go in-depth and say what was going on and how did it help. I got booed, too, a couple weeks ago, and he's responded from that. It's almost like he needs to like have some type of like animosity to get over. I don't know. It's weird. He, Yeah, he's one of those guys that's better when he's angry. Sure. Um Oh, almost that that's almost how it comes off. And by the way, who asked that who asked that dumbass doubt question in the uh in the what? I don't know, he's an award winning journalist talk, uh, Josh. It's <laughs> called Todd. Need to get his zoom volume up, you could bar- barely hear him. Oh, for real? Yeah, for real. Okay, noted. I don't know what that um, is. No, but it like in a way I'd like in I think it was he told you, Bob, a week ago before the Kansas State game. It's like he came in there on Wednesday and was like, I love the game plan this week. We're going to try some things that get me more comfortable. And it was very obvious that that Mm -hmm. was the case on Saturday. And it was getting Jeremiah Hall into the game plan, getting all the H-backs into the game plan. Like That was the offense I think that a lot of people thought we were going to see this year, just from a production standpoint of moving up and down the field, taking shots when, when he was able to. And even though they weren't able to get those big, uh, you know, electric plays at, at times, they still move the ball in a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. And that's actually why I asked Spencer the question yesterday. Because if you get those guys involved, someone's left out. Saturday was Mario and Jaden Hazelwood. They didn't do much of anything. It's like there's a give and take. And I just want, you know, what's the mindset of those guys that they have to understand that? If someone, if Mims is going to have, you know the forty-yard catch and be more involved, and the H and the the H backs are going to get their touches. Someone isn't, and is that going to be okay? You know what I think is is the most I don't know the the best thing for the offense and for Spencer Rattler is getting Drake Stoops involved. Cause he always seems to come up, up with, with some plays. type of a play yeah. that sparks everyone offensively, and he's just an emotional guy. And you can tell, I asked Spencer about that yesterday. Like, you can tell Spencer feeds off that. Drake's stuff. like an unemotionally emotional player, <laughs> if that makes sense. He's a football guy. Yeah. His body language is like into it, but he's not doing anything crazy to sure. make you feel like it. Um, guys, something I don't. Um, by the way, Mike and, Woods, know, more Mike Woods is always good, too. They yes. could explore that further. Uh, Drake, you know, he always, yeah, he is the stereotypical, let, let's be honest, white wide receiver, where coach's kid, hard worker, like all the, the cliche crap that everybody talks about. He is all of those embodied, 
But I don't think he got enough credit for that play he made on third down because it wasn't just about oh he he you know caught it and kind of you know worked up the middle to make he a was catch. Thrown behind that him was a not bit a too. great throw. Yeah, yeah, no, it was behind his body and he reeled it in. If if Rattler leads him on that, that's probably an even bigger play. But I mean, and I'm not getting into that. But it's just that was a better play than I think it looked like on you know kind of at face value and real speed. It's crazy that we look up and all of a sudden, uh, you know, since the I guess the last six quarters, he's thirty-seven of forty-one. Yeah, that's wild. And all this, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't his fault. It just Which, feels weird because there's still the the yardage doesn't add up to what you would think thirty-seven completions would be. Sure. For, Oh, you quarterback. So it feels like he's still doing something wrong because I'm used to 20, 30-yard chunk plays, and that's not what's I just, going on yet. I don't know if that's going to ever, like, at some point, you just kind of got to take it for what it is. I don't think that's ever going to come. I mean, they might, they might hit a couple big shots against Texas, and I think they'll have an opportunity. But at the same time, I just, this offense kind of is what it is. Why not take six, seven yards at a time if you can? Everybody's kind of playing, you know, everybody's kind of taking their page from Matt Campbell and Iowa State. Everybody's playing the umbrella defense now. That's why Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray got to get going, especially Brooks, because you know he can get going in a game like this. I thought thought Kennedy ran the ball really well last week. Yeah. He looked like he – I said it – I tweeted it. He looked like he had a little extra juice. I don't know what it was. Like, he just looked a little more explosive. I don't know if it was because he just didn't get much time against West Virginia or, you know, he had something to prove. I don't know what it was, but I, you know, I, I've always been a he's good, not great guy, but he looked pretty good to me on Saturday. I thought that was one of his better games as far as just running hard and kind of finding things that even weren't there sometimes. I He's just he's just that guy you watch and you're like, damn, he's really good. I mean, just yep. it, it, he it's the so most amazing – it's the most amazing thing to see him take a run and you're like, oh, how many yards do you get? Three or four? And then Eight. you look up and it's like first and 10, he just picked up 15 or something. Yeah. And it's just so consistent. You you might have a vision problem. That's That that seems a little concerning. <laughs> like well, three to four, I, like to seven, I can get there. I see what I you're do, saying. You're, he just, he's so nonchalant. <laughs> I, do have a vision. No, I do have a no. vision problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh but no, I I agree. Like he's one of those guys. Guys, I remember watching him in high school. And it was the same way. Like you'd look up. I I remember talking to Joe McGuire at Cedar Hill now, and he was like, "Watch this kid. He's unbelievable." Or I'm sorry, he's at Baylor now. Was at Cedar Hill then. Um, and Joey's like, "Do you like this kid?" I'm like, I mean, "Yeah, he's pretty good." And he was like, "He's he's awesome. He's unbelievable." And you'd look up and you thought, oh, yeah, Kennedy had a pretty good night. And you'd look at the stats, it was like 227. You're like, what just happened? You just don't even realize what he's doing while he's doing it. Josh's neighbor there was uh, downloading porn or something while you were talking. You're, you went very digital on us. Oh, di- oh good. You're back Great, now. wonderful. Yeah, you're good now, though. Maybe Josh was downloading porn. I don't know. I I mean, let's, let's not pretend. <laughs> uh. So, OU Texas this weekend, the, the fair will be back on. It was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I kind of enjoyed the empty fair. It was easy to get to the game, easy to get home. Uh, easy to, you know, traffic was was non-existent. It was just kind of, it was a ghost town, but now this year I will be crazy. I wish they had a again. media shuttle for this game only. I hate this drive-in so much. 
Where do you? I don't want to give away. Like Eddie said, everybody's got their spots. Yep. Where? Their their routes to uh, Fair Park. No, there's like four ways to get to the fucking fair. <laughs> there nobody has a secret way to get down there. It all I sucks. I follow Barry Trammell, and he ends up. There are us in there are less ways. congested ways to get there than others, though. But I love it. I love everything about it. Everything that makes uh, Bob just like just drives him crazy Great. on Saturday yes. morning. I love it because it it not not that it, it it's just insanity. Like getting over there you is love insanity. The, you love going like from seventy five to I thirty. I hate it, but I also love it. He loves how he hates it. I exactly. He loves to hate it. I love to hate mm-hmm. it. It's 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 one of those things that you only do once a year, and I'm going to be damn glad to be in it on Saturday morning. Guys, something, and I meant to bring it up while we were talking about defense, but it's kind of stuck in my head. How do we gauge the fact that Kansas State got what seventeen? I know it was fourteen. It might have been seventeen points off of. Drives that should have been stopped, where Oklahoma literally dropped interceptions that could have killed them, like if they were bullets. Like it was, I mean, they weren't just like, oh, it's kind of a bad drop. It was that, the Key Lawrence one. Yeah. I, I don't know how you dropped that because he didn't have time to think about it. Like it was just a, it should have been one of the easiest ones on earth because it was just boom, there you make the play and you're leaping, you're not thinking, you're reacting. And that's usually when you see it go fine. And I, like I said, I don't know how to gauge that because if you, if you look at it from that lens, that defense actually played really well, especially when you throw in one of the scores was a was a kickoff return. I mean, Oklahoma's defense didn't allow a lot of points if they make those stops. Now, I realize if is huge, but it it feels like they're still getting closer to making some of the plays. Like like I said, you know, I know everybody's hating the we're close right now because of what's been discussed offensively for the last few weeks, but it doesn't feel like they're that far off in some things. It, 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 that's why this weekend kind of almost becomes like a Super Bowl, if you will. And it's already a big game because it's OU Texas and the obvious reasons. But it feels like one of those major turning points in a season where you go one of two ways as far as they're either going to put it together and then you look at the back end of the schedule or the back half of the schedule and say – now the run begins, or you look at it the other way, and it's like, this team really is what they are. And the first five games weren't necessarily as close as much as they were just, that's what this 2021 team is. I, I agree. I could, I could see this game being the kind of launch pad to maybe making actually making an undefeated run or being 9-3. and three. Sure. Like I, I could see either case. And I, I don't think that that means that Oklahoma has to go out and win by three touchdowns either. No. I like I, I, you can you could walk out of there winning by a touchdown or winning by ten and saying that was a really damn good ball game and a, this is a team that's taken another step and played as a group. And that's the first time in ten years I think I would say that. Sure. Going back to 2013, like every single time, like they should beat Texas by at least two to three scores. Not not this year. This is the first year I feel like. I think Texas could just be the better team. So if OU wins, no matter the score, that's a good win. Yep, I I agree. Because, guys, (laughs) we have to accept that Steve Sarkeesian is superior to his predecessor if for no other reason than he gets the ball to his best damn player. Yeah. Like, it amazes me how 
everybody's like, oh, yeah, B. John Robinson's great. He's been great. He always was great. I, I don't know what – I like, It's a, it was crazy watching that TCU game and seeing him run and then watch Roshan Johnson run. Roshan Johnson's a nice player. He's a good second, third back, and you can use him. But the idea that he was taking carries away from B. John Robinson last year is madness. It's just – like I, I don't know what you're looking at to make that decision. It's 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 the classic OU Texas like talking points, isn't it? I mean, it whatever team runs the ball the best usually yep. wins the game. Since 1999, uh, the team with the most uh, rushing yards, I believe, is 20 and two. Like that's just that it's just how this game is played. And then I don't know. Does it seem like OU or in specifically Alex Grinch has been more aggressive in this game? I know uh, Zach Barnett, guy for Football Scoop, tweeted uh, this morning that Oklahoma sacked Sam Ellinger 15 times in 19 and 20 the last Correct. two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was. Good. I thought they would end his career at one point. I mean, he just got murdered in that game every year. Has it just been guys winning battles up front, or is have they brought more pressure in this game? I think that they brought more pressure. I like because I think I, I, about like the like I don't know why I always think about this, but like the Patrick Field sack uh, that he had of uh, Ellinger. I think it was in nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. It's like I, when was the last time they brought a safety down? Well, they brought Broyles last week, but Deuce clipped them. Did he? Yeah. They've had yeah. they've had he, real he, he problems. Impressive. They've had real problems getting home when they send blitzers. That. I, you know, I think everybody just, and I, Carrie, I know it's not you. I just, I, I think when that comes up a lot, people just think like, oh, anybody can blitz and be good at it. And man, it's not like certain guys just have a feel for it. And the guy, I, and I know I bring him up every time, Brandon Shelby's who I think of every time when I have this conversation. Oh, yeah. Brandon Shelby was like a good, solid college player. But boy, if you brought that dude on a blitz, he was going to get home. Like, I mean, he was really good at it. And I don't know that they have that guy, or at least they haven't found him yet that is that guy that's really good at coming off the edge and timing it and understanding how to kind of work that corner um, or, you know, or running in a, in a passing lane or something. I mean, they just, I don't see any guys yet that really have that feel for it. Yeah. I think of uh cost Everett. Yeah. The same way. Yeah. He was another yeah. good one. You're right. Maybe Billy Bowman could be that guy. He's a little small, but. I I heard he played last week. A little, a little banged up still. I mean, like yeah, that was when kind you look of a, at his dad's tweet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that that tackle on third down against Deuce Vaughn, I, I would have given him a ten percent chance of making that play. I thought for sure that was going to go for more. Now, Kansas State gets the fourth down on the next play anyway, but still, that's a bit. That's a sign of that dude, the kind of player he can be. Deuce Vaughn is such a weird player from the perspective that. Like the rest take care of him because he's so tiny. Like in in every time, like you would see, like, talking about like on the your video, like yeah, well that would, but like on your video, you had uh, Nick Benito tackling him up the middle, mm-hmm. and he just like kind of laid him down like a baby <laughs> when he when he he knew he could have just crushed him. And then there's another play where Nick Benito is chasing him, and the rest are about to blow the whistle, and here comes Isaiah Thomas and just kills him. <laughs> it's probably like one of those things that like you just can't get a good grasp of yeah. him, if you will. And I mean, yeah, Patrick Fields was dumb to kind of 
put him down like that, but it wasn't like a real body slam. But it, it wasn't was, after the play. I mean, I that was the thing. That was the thing. No sense. I I, I no. just don't think that you can body slam a guy. You just can't do it. I mean, it was just guys. He's on the ground when they blow a whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like I don't. I don't. What is he supposed to do there? I like. I, I think I, I like lay him down. Like just not. <laughs> if he wouldn't have. Nice if he would have gone down with him. If that makes sense, like if he would have okay. thrown his body with okay. them, yeah. I don't think they call the penalty. But because he like is actually like tossing him like a rag doll, yeah. I think they had to. I, I I don't think it's right, but I do get yeah. it. Uh, yeah, that that is a lot of people like to talk about like that soft that that is soft shit to me. Like that that's a he's doing his job. It, no, no rules were broken. There's nothing that says he can't do what he did. Right. It just, it just looked, was it extra looked, mean. It looked, yeah. it looked yeah. mean. Yep. It looked like the the uh, when you sometimes when those guys you know pile drive them you know take yeah. them over their back. One hundred percent. Kind of a half hearted attempt at that. I think it, it was Pat using the only advantage he had, which is leverage of height. He was like, <laughs> well, if I lean back, Deuce's feet can't touch the ground anymore. I can actually get his ass down. Yeah. Like Deuce is just strong in the lower body. He's tough to pull down. He's just like a that. weird dude, man. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, I know offensive line. Josh was a big, uh, big talk, you know, topic this week, and mm-hmm. I think the thing that's hard to get past for everyone is just that: how are you going to tell me that certain guys are playing good when they're doing boneheaded stuff? And that's you know, Orlando Brown had that history when he was young. Um, yep. uh, who was it? Uh, I can never remember his name. Drew Drew Samia. Uh, remember the time he spit in the guy's face from West Virginia? Awesome. He got kicked out of the game, didn't he? Uh, or he should have gotten kicked out. I don't know if he two. got kicked out, but he no, got... he did get kicked out. It was a Norman, out? right? Uh huh. It was Norman. Yeah, yeah he, he got kicked out. Norman. He got mm-hmm. kicked out. It, but it's 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 kind of like Rattler, isn't it? It's like you overlook a bunch of stuff with with Orlando and Drew because the totality of their play was like, okay, they they can they can screw up one time, just don't make it a habit. With these guys and with Tyrese Robinson, you get four Chris penalties. Murray and Tyrese Robinson, those are the two guys. Like seven penalties on the offensive line, that gets you beat this weekend. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, and you're right, Eddie. Like, it didn't – it's kind of like um, the Mi- Miami of the 80s. They would lead college football in penalties, but it didn't matter because they were so damn good. They just go convert third and 23. Like, yeah. just whatever. We're, we're going to do it anyway. So it didn't matter. Or their defense was going to shut you down even if they put you inside their own 50. Like, they just didn't care because they were better than you. That's what OU's offensive line used to be. Okay, fine. We'll pick up the extra five yards. We'll pick up the extra 10. Doesn't matter. We'll take care of business. They're not good enough right now to overcome those mistakes. Sure. And so you can, and that, that's why it gets looked at like that. I, I, you know, Tyrese Robinson didn't have a bad game if you take the penalties out of it. He played okay. He played pretty well. But He just had the most glaring penalty you, in the game. Yeah. You just can't murder your, your – you're, you're not good enough to overcome those mistakes over and over again. I still – like, I, I have never seen Lincoln Riley light into somebody like he did uh, Tyrese Robinson. And that was before they ran back the kickoff. Yeah. God, I mean, he, he almost single-handedly really, just really screwed him. Between he and Grinch in the postgame, one thing we did not read from fans on the corner was the coaches are just passive. They're being pussies. Like, there was none <laughs> of that because they were furious. So mad. I would say so that, mad. I would say that 
if you're not mad of the coach at, at a coach right now, you're you're scared of a coach right now. Yep. It's one of the two things. They've just yeah. been relentless. Well, especially Grinch. It's good. I mean, it's not a I guess it's not technically a terrible thing. I mean, I'm not a big fan of It's uh, not the, for the right reasons, obviously, but I'm not a fan of the the whole I wish they wouldn't be so mean to him. They're going to get in the portal. Well, like, you can't I mean, go through life living like that. Like if if somebody's going to get butt hurt and jump in the portal because they got yelled at, they just need to go in the portal. Honestly, gotta, I don't think exactly. that there's a bunch of way you're going to do them. I don't think there's a bunch of kids that do enter the portal because they got yelled at. Yeah, you I know think what I mean. A, I think there's an overreaction to that. Like, sure, it's just like they're going to take away your credentials if you keep doing. No, they're not. Yeah, it's just like it's an overreaction. Yeah, I like I maybe that's what a kid says, but there's also some probably some like underlying reasons why somebody would go into the portal. I mean, you look at, you know, like Nick Benito. He's from South Florida. You guys have seen some of the high school, like, uh, well, I can't even remember the one back in the day. I think it was following Miami Central. Uh, when when the coach literally tackles one of his players on the field. Like, South Florida is different. Those guys, you're not scaring Nick Benito with some mean words. Like, yeah. that that's not going to happen. So, and I, I mean, he's just one example, but... It's not like these these kids are football players. They play football their whole lives. They've probably been dog cussed since they were 13 years old. Lord knows I was. So, like, I, I don't South, know why I'd be any different than them. South Florida was the birthplace. I'm sorry, Bob. Josh Josh just wasn't good. No, that's 100%. Like, I deserved it. They were like, okay, but we need you to be great every day to, to these guys. Me, they were like, just stop being terrible. No, I was going to say South Florida... Uh, all you really need to know, it's the birthplace of uh, in one-on-ones where when the ball is snapped, one guy just punches the other. Yeah, those are the oh. best. Uh, those are the best rivals camp videos that come out of oh the one-on-ones. Oh my god! I mean, the slapping—it's like a Russian slap contest. I mean, it, uh, but on a football field. I, I've seen video of Brandon Ennis after a camp, and I saw obviously saw him after the game I went to earlier this season. He looked worse after the camp than he did after the game, just from the hand fighting <laughs> and the way it gets so. Oh God, yeah. I mean, if you're a guy that like irritates, like your skin irritates easily, I don't think you could play down there, like because it's just a slap fight all the time. God, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's. I remember there was, <laughs> we were. I think it might have been the five star or something like early on, uh, and it was. I think it was like. It might have been Eddie's favorite, uh, L.J. Moore, but there was a lot of fighting going on in practices, and I remember Brian Peroni like stepped in and tried to break it up, and then they yelled at Brian Peroni. He's like, "It's not your job to tell him what to do." <laughs> yep, that is that's a fine line to walk. I, and speaking of Florida dudes, you remember the guy that just hauled off and nailed Elias Ricks a couple years ago? Yep, I remember the that. Uh, the kid from Florida. I think he was committed to Florida State at that point. Like just popped him in the middle of this like friendly camp where it's just you know like whatever um i guess that was the same camp that justin flo took out Zach oh Evans. my god i was telling was... i was trying to tell somebody about that story the other day that was like maybe it was isaiah i can't remember but uh because we were talking about justin flo not being in the game and i was like i was like do you know who justin flo is and like no i was like he's a bad bad dude Justin Flo would stab you to win a football game. Like, yes. I feel, I, and I love that about him. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything bad. I think that's 
That you want your linebackers to be just a little bit nuts. And that was the thing. Like Zach Evans was so pissed off. I mean, he knocked him out of camp, but he yeah. wouldn't say anything to him. He was scared of him. Which I think everyone that's ever been around Justin Flo is scared of. I was scared of Justin Flo. Yeah. And Justin was a junior at that point. Like yeah. that was just like his his reputation was already that big. And and he was so good. I was like, yeah, oh, he's never getting that guy because he's a linebacker. And then that was get linebackers. Well, like that was that. in that was in yesteryear. That was before they got crazy people yeah. like uh, Danny Stutzman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Do you think like they they should have like Danny host people and Danny just stares at you until you commit like he just <laughs> just terrifies you? That would be pretty sweet if he came out in, like the boss haircut or something this week. And I know people on the to, board have been talking about that. The people that get mistaken, Danny is an incredibly nice kid, like very very nice. His dad's a great dude. They are they're super good people. But I mean, you can tell watching Danny, he just runs hot, man. He he's a little bit crazy. No, it's, I mean, Perion called you cuckoo. That's all I need yeah. to know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That that passes the smell test right there. Exactly. What was it? Anyway. Um, okay, let's, uh, I know we got to, uh, we're, we're, we're getting a little long here. Recruiting, um, let's hit some of that. I know, Josh. Big couple weeks ahead. You took a trip uh, last weekend and, uh, yeah, got a couple of big weeks coming up. Yeah, yeah, it was um, uh, a, a big trip. We'll, we'll start with that. Went out to uh, California, got to see Los Al, um, which I apparently had missed the memo on the Los Al Amigos. I, I couldn't love that nickname more as being a huge Three Amigos fan as a kid. Um, but, you Are you know, sure that's seeing- not about Migos? Is it? No, it's uh, it's Amigos. So it's Los Trace Al, Al Amigos. That's how what I've been saying. I got a D in Spanish. I can't say any of it because it's three <laughs> friends with the Allah at the. Oh, well, I get the, those three. Okay, that makes yes. sense now. But Migos okay. is three too. You got mm-hmm. Offset. You got. Uh, no, don't do this. You're going to impress me if you can do this. Okay, you got. I I have known this in the past, but it's been a while. I don't okay. have a clue. Go ahead. There's Offset. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's I'm, another oh. one that... There's one I always forget. I, I'm going to give up. Quavo. Quavo. Oh, he's the most famous He's the one, one. I would have known. Yeah. The, uh, the other he, one it, I, I would have And he's the one that's get. married... He was the married to uh, Nicki Minaj, right? Yep. Uh, no. no uh, Sierra, uh, uh, not uh, Nicki. Uh, 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 Cardi B. Yeah, Cardi oh, B. Oh, Cardi B. Yeah. Yeah, either... They might be the same they person. They can't quit each other either. I think they're the same person. And then uh, the third one is uh, Takeoff, right? Takeoff, that's right, yeah. That's never w- sad I, that I, I know that. I'd have given myself 50-50 chances of the first two. The, the Takeoff, no no way. Never in a million Isn't years. Isn't it Guavo, by the way? I thought it was Quavo. Is it those? With a Guavo? But I mean, I'm not the fact checker for this part of the pod. Uh, Bob, get on this. All right. To the I job, mean, the Bob. internet makes everyone an expert, Bob. <laughs> I was watching something the other day. It was like, there's no mystery left. The internet, like, oh, you want to know something? There it is. There used to be a time where you could just ask somebody a question or and have to wait to, go to ask get the other answer. People, exactly. Know. And, it, like, you'd see somebody in the shirt that, of the topic you wanted to know more about, and you'd ask them about it. And that's how you learn things. Now it's just here. 
so anyway, your trip out to uh, Los Al. Yes. Let, let the man that works for the internet company start talking some more. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, uh, go out to Los Al, see uh, five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson, uh, obviously committed to Oklahoma along with his two receivers, DeAndre Moore and uh, Makai Lemon. Malachi, when I saw him in the spring, I thought he looked a little cleaner than he did in this one. But, what you know, like we always talk about, what you see in college seeps its way down into high school. I think very much what he was looking at defensively is a lot like what Spencer Rattler's looking at on Saturdays. People were dropping off. They were trying to keep everything underneath. They were trying to force him to throw to Lemon and more short if they were going to do it at all. And he ended up dumping off to his running back a lot. And to his credit... Malachi looked very comfortable, like, okay, that's what you're going to give me. I'll take that. So he was like 15 for 22 for, you know, something like 160 yards or something. I mean, it was very, very modest uh, stats numerically. He did have four touchdowns, but it was um, a lot of work was done on the ground. Some of that was by DeAndre Moore, who is a super tough physical guy, real, much bigger than I expected him to be. He is... um, big, I mean, well put together. He's a guy that will probably play in college at 205 maybe. I mean, he's a big, sturdy dude. And then uh, Makai Lemon, I just, I mean, he's just a playmaker. Guy is always around the ball, always doing good things. I still think corner could be his best future. Now, if that happens, I don't know. But talking to some people at Los Al, there was definitely some feeling like if he would buy into that and do that, he could be one of the better corners to come out of Southern California in a while. And, you know, you talk about guys like Eli Ricks and Chris Steele and some of these other big-time corners, that's saying a lot. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I, I, I just – I think all three of these guys, talking to them after the game, they seem solid with Oklahoma. I thought Makai Lemon, if any of the three, kind of left it open-ended. Um I think he made a comment at the very end of the interview, like, I'm solid with Oklahoma right now, and I think a lot of people responded to that. I think it's fair. I think he's a kid that if USC made the ride higher, I, I think he would listen to what USC had to say, and I know they're still working, still trying to get in the door there. DeAndre Moore and Malachi Nelson, I, I didn't get anything that didn't sound right. Uh, I talked to Malachi's father after the game, and he talked about just you know how they really had to – it was almost Malachi came to the fact that OU was going to be the better choice for him than USC before his dad did. And it was dad having to kind of accept, okay, he's going to go far from home, that's okay, but I think Lincoln is the best thing for him. And so I, I thought that was kind of interesting to hear him talk about that a little bit. Uh, met Malachi's quarterback trainer, all kinds of stuff. So it, it, was, it was a really successful trip. Um, and I, I feel like I got to know all three guys better. And Eddie and I talked about it. DeAndre Moore, it was my first time to really talk with him in a setting like that. That kid's impressive, man. He just he has it together and I think is um, a guy that just kind of gets how this all works. Is Moore ranked a little too low? Maybe. I, I could buy that. He is, um, I think he, uh, unlike, uh, unlike Lemon, who is a very, I, I think is an athlete. I, mean, I think you could make an argument on either side of the ball. Moore is absolutely a wide receiver. That that's where he belongs. But man, he is a tough runner. Like I mean, I said they were they were playing him on fourth and one and stuff. They were running him between the tackles and uh, and he looked fine with it. He he had a touchdown that of course I didn't get video of. I thought they were going to run the clock out, and so I'm I'm not I'm getting pictures of Malachi and a few other guys, 
and all of a sudden they throw a little swing pass to DeAndre. I bet he broke five tackles on the way to the end zone. It was a really physical and impressive-looking run from a wide receiver. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you told me he ended up in the top 65, I could buy that. I mean, we've got him at 88, so it's not like it's a huge difference. But, I mean, I, I would say, if anything, he deserved to go a little bit up more than down. With Malachi, it seems like he's – is it sneaky athletic? Would that be the – way to say it I and I I guess when I say that it kind of sounds bad but it's you don't necessarily he's not a burner like he's not Caleb Williams size wise but I feel like he's still a pretty big kid he is and he's one of those guys that is going to get a lot bigger I sure because he's taller than, oh, and his, than I mean his, his dad's a big dude yeah his dad's Huge. a big guy yeah so I mean there, there's plenty of room to grow into it to fill out um I would say he's more athletic than he looks because you're you're right. He's long arms, long legs. Like he kind of looks. I mean, he's a little baby giraffey. Yeah, there, there's. I was gonna say I hate to say this word because it always sounds so bad for an athlete, but he looks a little gangly. I mean, he's just kind of all over the place. I mean, he just is. Um, but he, uh, but he's a better athlete than you think he is. And what I like about him. Because people like, you know, with, with all the Rattler stuff, there's been, well, is he is he faster than Rattler? I bet in a 40, he'd probably outrun Rattler. I don't think he's as quick as Spencer is. Um, and I don't know that he's got all the little tricks around the pocket. But what I will say is I think he has a better feel. Sure. Like, I felt like there were several times he would feel pressure and, and kind of float right or float left. He He's very good at that. Now, it's the high school level. It moves at a very different speed. I understand that. But I, I just got the impression that he has a really good clock in his head. Like, okay, okay, I don't have time. I'm, I'm going to check down. Like, he, he just – you didn't see him taking a bunch of bad sacks. I, they came at him all night, and I think they got him twice. Um, and it just uh, – again, it was – he made good decisions throughout. He had a couple of throws that weren't ideal. But, I mean, all in all, I thought it was a solid night for Malachi Nelson. But when you're the number two player in the country, everybody expects you to be – 35 for 40 for 500 yards every night and that's that's just not going to happen um especially with a defense it was just literally built to prevent anything big from happening the thing that i always forget and i i made this mistake even talking to him when we were out there doing the commitment video i forget that he's just a junior in high school like he's so far from like just think about how much a kid matures and uh and not to say that he needs to mature but like just from a physical standpoint how much you grow from your junior to senior year it's almost kind of I don't know exciting in a way and incredible in another way that he still has that that massive uh summer before you go into your senior year still ahead of him well and unlike a lot of kids from you know obviously a lot of our listeners are going to be Texas Oklahoma where the kids pretty much played normal high school seasons. I mean, there were some abnormalities and, oh, we had a game canceled or whatever. They just nuked their whole fall football season. And then when they came back in the spring, they played like five or six games, and it wasn't the same level. Like I said, when I was out there in the spring, you could tell it wasn't quite like a normal high school game because I went to see Relique Brown for modern day, and they gave him like six carries, and – you could tell. I mean, I talked to Relique after the game, and they're like, "Yeah, they're they're trying to make sure I'll be ready for the fall." They were thinking about the fall already. Like they, it was, it was almost like a spring practice scenario for them. So, 
he's really basically going through his second or I mean his second actual year of high school football and his first like true season as a starter. Sure. Now in the spring he was Gatorade player of the year all that stuff. So I mean it's not like he did poorly, but there's still a lot of learning going on for him. And I think it's interesting that his quarterback trainer has kind of taken a role at Los Al to help him um kind of work through some things, kind of work as a position coach. Um so he's getting a lot of that repetition, you know, the same message, the same, this is what we do here, this is how we do this. So there's a lot of that that kind of can help him develop, and I, I think that'll be nothing but good for him as he uh, just continues to become more consistent. Because like you're talking about, when you're a guy that's long, it's real easy to get out of whack. You know, you, you can you can do some different things. When you have the same guy working with you all the time, I think that can help kind of iron some of that out. From California, you caught the uh... – I guess that was, what was that, like an early flight over to Denver on Friday night. I was more excited to see just how kind of cool it was outside uh, up at up at uh, Highland Ranch. But you were able to see uh, Gavin Sawchuck for the first time, Josh. What did, uh, did you kind of take out of that? It, it looks, he, he looks like a very impressive kid. And just from a mannerism standpoint, uh, I know that I, I think I DM'd uh, this to you, but like going through his interview that you did with him, he reminds me a lot of DeMarco. Yeah, th- there's there's some of that. And it was interesting, you know, it kind of brings me to something. Um, I was talking to somebody on the sideline, and they were saying that they thought Gavin was going to go to Notre Dame. Um, that that was kind of what the, the rumor around the school was. And then he goes, basically, and then I heard who was recruiting him from Oklahoma, and you thought, well, okay, he's going to go there. Uh, it was pretty clear talking to everybody that DeMarco Murray, I, I wouldn't say was the reason that Gavin Sawchuck went to Oklahoma, but is a huge piece of that puzzle. Sure. And really, you know, this guy, he's been there. He knows what to do. He knows how to get me where I want to go. Um, all of those things. And uh, just a very mature guy. Yes. Like he gets it. He understands it's, it's about, it's a business. Like he, he already looks at this in a way that when he gets to Oklahoma, it's not going to be culture shock for him. He thinks of this as a business. Uh, talking to his dad, talking to his brother, they're just a that, – that's a group that just understands what it takes, what they want to put in. Um, and, uh, again, I couldn't have been more impressed with his program. I'd never seen Valor Christian in person before. You know, for those that don't know, Christian McCaffrey is a Valor Christian alum. They They've – They've put out plenty of quality players, and um, he, he looks like the next big one. He didn't really get to uh, – kind of like Malachi the night before, they did – they weren't going to let him beat them, the team they were playing that night. Um, I think it was Mountain Vista. And they, they – I mean, they were putting eight, nine in the box, playing man-to-man outside. Like, they, they were just fine. Let the quarterback beat us. And he did. I mean, they ended up getting drilled. Sawchuck still had four touchdowns. It wasn't a bad night, but you didn't get to see him show off his speed, which is really what his game is. And uh, he reminds me a ton of Kennedy Brooks as a player. Like, just that same one cut, wants to get upfield. And the difference is Gavin Sawchuck's like a 10, 500-meter guy. Kennedy can run, but he can't run like that. Most guys can't. So I, I think when you look at some of the – the stretch stuff and things like that that OU is going to want to do, he could be really, really lethal in that role. 
All right, you guys mentioned a uh, big couple of weeks coming up as well. Some uh, commitments out there <laughs> to be had. Uh, Josh, uh, just kind of fill us in on, on what, what to look forward to for OU fans the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, next Tuesday, uh, which will also be uh, Tiffany's birthday, so I get to juggle those two events is, is going to be a lot of fun. But uh, Gabe Dindy, uh, the, I mean, depending on who you look at, four or five-star uh, defensive lineman from Lakeland, Florida, is going to announce his decision between OU and Texas A&M. Uh, visited Texas A&M last weekend for the Mississippi State game. Uh, I think OU fans should ring a cowbell as they listen right now because that, that worked out pretty nicely for them. Uh, just talking to people, I, I, I still think OU's in good shape. I think they were a clear leader going into that visit. I haven't gotten the impression talking to anybody around A&M that anything changed there. Um, I obviously like the visit. You know, he, he's familiar with that staff, likes the program, likes everything about him. I just think there is so much comfort, and he's been involved with Calvin Thibodeau and Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch for so long that I, I think it's just hard to envision him doing anything but picking Oklahoma on Tuesday. So I, I think that's going to be what it is. I've had my forecast in for a long time. Really don't want to have to change that at the last second, but I don't think I'm going to have to. It, it looks pretty good for Oklahoma right now, but I won't say this is a situation where you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like I don't. It's not like that. I don't think he's told anybody, and I think he's going to play it close to the vest until he until he announces it. But barring something unforeseen, I, I like I said, I like where Oklahoma is. All right. Is there one? Oh, other? I, I, there's a one other, right? Yeah, Gentry. Gentry. Yeah. Gentry. Next Gentry week, on the yeah, side. Um, week after. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, is it's. The 19th. It's exactly a week Monday. after Gabe's, if I remember yeah. right. Is it the 18th? 19th. Okay. That'd be, no, it doesn't matter. So, G- yeah, Gentry will announce the next week. Gentry Williams, Rivals 100 no, corner from right. Booker T. I'm Washington. Sorry. 18th. Okay. Monday. Okay. Yeah. Monday. Um, and uh, another guy that I, I like where OU is. I, I've been – there was a point in the summer where you kind of wondered – because he was talking about USC a lot. He was he really loved his Florida visit. There was a lot of stuff happening there. Talking uh, to the other some other reporters that cover the other schools he listed in his top four, which were Oklahoma, Florida, uh, USC, and Missouri. Um, I, I talked to all of those guys, and there was absolutely you know some okay. This is why we could buy the school we cover landing this guy, but it always come came back to. I just don't see him not picking Oklahoma. Like, and whenever you get a kind of a consensus like that, that there's probably a reason behind it. Um, Gentry, he's never made any bones. Grew up an Oklahoma fan. Um, I, I, at one point in his recruitment, was very close to committing to Oklahoma. Um, you know, I, I think I've told that story in the pod. Went to the LSU uh, Peach Bowl game. I think that pushed him back from the ledge a little bit. He got a little concerned. Wanted to see where OU went defensively. And I think they've answered a lot of his questions. And so I, I think Roy Manning, Alex, largely Alex Grinch. You know, people like to talk about, oh, can Alex Grinch recruit? Roy, Gentry, Gentry Williams is a Alex Grinch recruit. That, that has been his primary the whole time. And he's done a really good job with him. Built a good relationship. The family trusts Grinch. I mean, there, there's a lot there that works for OU. And so I, I think that answers some of that question. But, yeah. So this is this is a potentially huge win for Oklahoma. You get those two guys in back-to-back weeks. I mean, wh- when's the last time OU landed two 
you know, borderline top 50 guys in the country on defense within a week of each other. I mean, sure. I bet it's been 15 years or more. I'd have to go back and look through it. But it, A, it doesn't happen very often. And B, Oklahoma hasn't recruited like that on defense in a long time. All right. Um, it, this this might sound crazy. Like, is it a bigger deal that they're getting the national defensive prospect, or is it a bigger deal that they're finally breaking through and keeping a kid like that in state? Oh, um, or would it, I, I guess the answer is probably both. Yeah, but if you well, had to it, choose, I, I think it's got to be the tough. I, I think it's got to be getting the elite guys um, now. There's no question if OU can get the doors back open and get everybody at Booker T comfortable with OU again, that's huge. Because Booker T, at least every three years, is going to have a guy that OU wants. I mean, they're, they're just that level of program. You add that into Jinx, Union, all these other schools, then Oklahoma really has a chance to kind of lock down some of the key places in their state. Bixby as well with, with Luke. So, you know, and then you throw in the possibility of Micah Tease. I mean, the, sure. where that is. Um, but, yeah, you know, and I, I can tell you right now, Booker T already can tell you who their guy is in 2024. I mean, they, they think they've got another guy in that class. And I, I happen to think he's really good, too. Um, so there are – Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, he'll be – I mean, we won't get in the weeds with that. He, he's going to be an interesting fit for OU. We'll have to see where that goes. But, that, I mean, like I said, Booker T is a school – you have to have a relationship with. You have to have a good spot. So Gentry, growing up an OU fan, kind of a unique scenario for OU. This was big if they can, uh, I guess this will be big, if they can land him and really start to turn that storyline where, you know, Booker T guys go to Arkansas or go to Oklahoma State or whatever it may be. All right. I think, uh, I think we're good. OU Texas, going to be a big one. Going to tell us a lot about this Sooner team. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in between now and kickoff, but I don't think you're going to see Steve Sarkeesian or Lincoln Riley fingering a girl's butt in a bar anytime soon. I was wondering if we wanted to get in some Urban Meyer talk Of today. course I want to get in. I, <laughs> bearing that scumbag has Eddie? been like my favorite thing all week. What a loser. Bigger than Lou Holtz? Ooh. Not... No, because I think Lou Holtz might have dementia. But a bigger scumbag for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, Lou Holtz never was associated with murderers. Well, I, I mean, of. I don't know about that. He, Brian Kelly coaches at Notre Dame, so they're kind of associated that way. I mean, Brian Kelly kills people, but I don't remember Lou Holtz ever killing anyone. Oh, that is true. No, that is true. The Urban Meyer stuff's been great, though, this week. Seeing Marcus Spears bury him, like, every time he's been on television. He really has, excellent. hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Like, there's a backstory for <laughs> sure. And seeing, like, Mina Kimes, like, basically just laughing every time that they've tried to bring him up. It's been awesome. It's, it is, you know, it's fascinating that this is a guy and uh, Josh, you want to say hi to Zach Smith while we're at it? My my old buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Are Zach, you blocked? Uh, I hope you're doing are well. you blocked? Or do you even bother following? Do you even know if you can follow? Don't know. Let's see, Coach Zach Smith. I don't think. To his credit, I don't think he ever blocked me. <laughs> um. No, no, he never blocked me. 
So, you know, credit to him. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's you realize that, like, the whole Zach Smith thing, like, that's just Urban being Urban. Like, he's just surrounding himself with other scumbags. He's just a scumbag. Yeah. No, I, I, at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. I it's kind of like bad for Trevor Lawrence. I know to be I thrown into too. this situation. That was the that was the lowest blow. Really, you're going to try to throw him under the bus to make you look better? Stop it! Knock it off. Better be careful in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, based on what we know, who Trevor are we Lawrence more worried about like, in Vegas? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence yeah, or Urban Meyer? Trevor Lawrence was like, not everybody's like you, Urban. Like, some people can just go to Vegas and have a good time, you know. Being that we're going to be, you know, chasing strippers and cocaine. Well, I mean, and speaking of the Zach Smith thing, it's not like Urban Meyer ever had problems ignoring a woman before, so. it's a pretty good line, Josh. Mm. Yeah, you get, like, know, extra credit for that. Put that I in mean, on it is, notebook. But it is fascinating in the cancel culture we live in that he's surviving still. How? I, because Sean Khan or whatever his name is, Sean, Shan, Sean, uh, didn't fire him. That's how he. That's the only way he's still surviving. And yep. he might have. He might have done it on like purpose a, to get fired. Yeah. Well, there there are like those rumors out there that like. This is Urban's way of getting out of uh, the Jags job so he can so take the, the USC, USC job. job. Yeah, I think Big Cat's the first one that started that. Do you? It's just beautiful. I, that's, that's so big brain. I love it. Do you think USC could take him in that scenario? Uh, well, and that's, I think that's the retort is USC couldn't because I don't think that the president would, uh, the uh-huh. president of USC. I know a school that's going to have a coaching opening that would absolutely <laughs> do it, though. It just depends <laughs> if... Urban wants to live on the bayou. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, guys, that, is there anything that we've ever been more right about, by the way, than how this yes. thing is going in LSU? Guys, we were talking about that after the sh- after the Peach Bowl. We're like, I still don't buy it. Like, I still, yeah. like, and I'm not saying like I, like none of us were like, no, no, that that doesn't. It won't last, yeah. You don't suddenly and fix then it. When like, everyone, you didn't suddenly become a great. When everyone got drafted, you're like, yep, that's now it's falling apart, and we're just mm-hmm. waiting. It's a time bomb. It's ticking. Well, I, I think, what did they say? Since the national championship game, he's 8-8? Eight and eight, God, something is it like really that? that bad? Yeah, there's something along those lines. Pretty well, close, losing, yeah. I mean, like, we all saw it. It was his coordinators. It yeah. wasn't him. Yeah, Joe Brady and, and Dave Aranda, who obviously is running a pretty damn good program yeah. down in Waco. Yeah. Oh, you'll see here nice in a couple job. weeks. Uh, uh, did you guys hear the uh, call in to his radio show last night? To Aranda's uh, or Orger- Orgeron? No, uh-uh. no. Guy called in and said that uh, you know it's his. Uh, I think it was it's my sister's birthday. I'd love love it if you could wish her a happy birthday. She's there tonight. He's like, oh, you know, happy birthday, young lady. And he and then at the very end, he said, uh, she's blonde too. Just don't go have sex with her. <laughs> And it is awkward and awesome. And you can hear like the anger in uh, Cocho's voice. And he says something to the effect of like, we got a place for, for people like you that like to mouth off down in wherever the f- he's from. South LaFouche. Yeah. And it's just, it is like that thing is going, they get beat this weekend in, uh, in Lexington. It's going to get even worse. Oof, the, it was pretty good. Yeah. There's no reason that Kentucky won't beat them. I mean, no, I mean, they're three and a half point favorites. Uh, Kentucky is, I mean, all of a sudden Mark Stoops got a football team over there. He's done guys. Seriously underrated job there. 
what what Mark has done. I mean, did you know he is the uh, he and Saban are the longest tenure coaches in the SEC? That's crazy. That's wild that he's been there that long. But he's had a lot of success. Guys, he's beaten Florida with Terry Wilson and Will Levis. Yeah, at Kentucky, that's insane. And I love Terry, but Terry was well, limited. You know, you know the like the Florida stat that's out there this week. Uh, they've lost five of their last six to FBS opponents, and the only one that they've had is against Tennessee. Because they lost wow. their last three last year, beat Tennessee, and they've lost all the other F- FBS games this year. I remember when that OC job opened up uh, for Kentucky, and in Kentucky, who was it, Kale? That's name got mentioned, I think, for that. Yep. Yes. Uh, and Kentucky people were contacting me about this and that, uh, and the stuff they were telling. Like I haven't, you know, I'm usually doing games on the weekend, so I'm not just sitting down watching Kentucky. But the, I mean, the way they portrayed his style of play. I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not covering that team because it's it is strictly built to shorten games and let defenses win. He's not interested yep. in having a flashy offense. Does so, he I mean, not but want he, but one, won. or does no. he just know I don't have one, he, so I'm going to play? He does this not way. want to play that way. Like he wow. is play NFL kind of. Yeah, he pro does style. not want to play. You know, no huddle, spread it out, throw it all over the place. He wants to control the clock. Because he believes in defense. And, you know, who's to argue with him? Yeah, he's winning yeah. with defense. And he's put a lot of defensive guys in the NFL. He has. Sounds familiar with what they're doing here, right? Oh, you defense, defense first. Defense first. <laughs> it's always been. That's always been. Because, and I'm sure it's built out of, like, you know, probably seeing what happened to Bob. And he opened it up and brought in Mike Leach. And then they started having problems playing defense. And yeah. He probably thought, well, if they had a – in, in his deepest belief, he believes that you cannot have a great defense if you have a wide-open offense. Which there's pretty good evidence to suggest that's true. So, To a point, sure. Yep. But anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, well, that's going to do it. Big weekend coming up. We'll be back again next week and also back this weekend with the uh, uh, Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast, even though I no longer have an Eskridge Lexus that I can drive. Thanks, idiot, and Chick-fil-A line. Um, so, uh, that's going to do it. Also, she don't get forget. get free Chick-fil-A out of this thing. Maybe Chick-fil-A should become a sponsor for this, just to you know accept their responsibility in this role. Well, they weren't the idiot that plowed into me because he wanted to get but into they, the shorter line. Well, we if they didn't provide two lines, wouldn't happen. I could have so gone in the other line. I'll never pull in behind a jacked-up <laughs> Jeep again. Oh, don't blame yourself. Can't blame yourself for that. W- was it like watching it in slow motion? Yeah, Terry? it was. Like, were you, and I yeah. was because what happened was, you know, we were doing stuff. Isaiah and I were doing stuff, and so we got done at like nine thirty. And so I was like, I haven't eaten yet tonight, so let me go get something to eat. And you guys were texting me like, "What's going on? How did it go? This and that." And I'm trying to tell you guys, so I'm actively sitting there tweeting, and I just look up, and here's a guy coming right at me did he just not he just simply didn't see didn't him. know that i was because i sat down so low mm-hmm. in the is and he's in the jacked up mm-hmm. thing and he couldn't see me yeah, at all just didn't see you and he backed up like there's no reason to worry about anything behind me and it f-ed my car up i mean like the hood is caved in yeah because he just rode on top of my car for a while i mean honestly you're lucky mm. that he didn't try and go further well he couldn't because it stopped him i mean yeah but it was, yeah, it's not fun. It's not 
the best thing to have happen to you ever, but even I will 930 of OU Texas on a send Wednesday. A shout out to uh, Ed Eskridge, though. He is hooking me up with a car to drive this weekend. So thanks, Ed, um, for saving my butt once again. It's always these Eds, man, saving people's lives. Eds are good people. Also, thanks to Dead Soxy. Um, continue supporting them. They continue to support us. So Absolutely. All right, guys, uh, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.